Hi all, Melissa here. Just a quick note ahead of this week's podcast, I just wanted to say that when I was listening to this one back, I heard myself referencing pregnant women a lot, and I just wanted to apologise ahead of time for that. I realised that this is exclusionary, and I recognise that my trans and non-binary siblings also experience pregnancy. So, apologies for excluding you, and I'll look to do better in the future. Good morning. Well, it was. 8.46 here in the States. (laughs) It's uh, 16.46 over here. 16, you and your military time. I just read it off the digital clock. It's the safest way. But yeah, 20 to 5 in the evening here. So um, at different points in our day. Yeah, the time is so weird that way that you're getting ready to have dinner and and quiet down. And I'm like, all right, let's get the day going. I know it's it's mad it's mad and there's eight hours difference between us this week and two weeks ago there was only seven hours difference between us so work that one out yeah it's all so arbitrary yeah I know but the thing I like about it is our the podcast is very much like a lot of podcasts that I've looked at or or listened to I guess um the when there's two hosts the hosts are always like together when they're when they're recording right like they're in the same place yeah and I, lo- I love that we're like there's a a brit and an american because that's so indicative of the the fan base of station 19 is it's worldwide right everybody loves station. yeah and so a lot of people will maybe relate to your input because um i don't i don't want this to come out wrong tell me if it does but sometimes what your culture kind of shapes the way you perceive and look at things, right? Oh, 100%. And so a Brit might watch the show and look at it in a completely different way than I look at it because my, my mind is like a rate of, well, I have American and German culture in there, so I'm kind of split, I guess. But yeah. but you get what I'm saying, right? So we offer, we offer a lot of input. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, completely. I like it. And there were things, you know, I mean, like uh, in our first episode, you sort of um, had to explain to me about the redistricting and stuff, which I never would have understood. And I guess people yeah. outside of the US, that may have helped other yeah. people outside of the US as well to sort of make more sense of things. So yeah, I think that it's great that, yeah. that we're both coming from literally like opposite ends of the world. So seeing similar things and seeing different things. So there are ways in which it's universal and ways in which it's very much cultural. So yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Yeah, I think this is great. I'm still enjoying myself. Are you still enjoying yourself? Yeah, I'm having a blast. I'm loving the, uh, I'm loving doing this. I'm loving that we have people listening and and enjoying it too. So that's, we're not just talking to ourselves. <laughs> so yeah. We do have people listening and we've got people actually getting in touch with us, which is great. So um, we had Angie, who was the first person to get in touch with us. And, and uh, I've been remiss in not thanking Angie before because she wrote in to congratulate us on the podcast. And uh, our most recent person that got in touch was Barbara. She got in touch to discuss 611. She picked up on the same thing as you with him, with the radio, forgetting to take the radio in with him rather yeah. than not remembering to use it. And um, we also had a lady called Victoria from Italy get in touch. She's a therapist, actually, and she got in touch after listening to our recap of 608 to talk to us about um, Maya's mental health issues and the way that she thought that it was covered brilliantly by the show. And she said nice things about us and our coverage of it as well, which is great. But can you um, can you believe we've got listeners in Italy? It's great. No, that's awesome. Uh, thank you, Angie, Barbara, and Victoria, you said? Victoria, yeah. So salve, yeah, ciao, thank Victoria, you. as well. Uh, uh, yes. Tutti i nostri ascoltatori in Italia. <laughs> Who knew? Right. Sto imperando l'italiano lentamente. E grazie mille per aver ascoltato il nostro podcast. Hey! I butchered that, but that's my... I speak this much Italian. It sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> we'll get more people from Italy now saying, you know, points for effort, but stick to, stick to English. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that's awesome. I'm glad that we're uh, getting people writing in. I hope that more people will write in and share their their thoughts, and because um, that's what makes it fun. So that's great. Thank you, everybody. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah thanks, guys. And uh, if anyone's listening from elsewhere around the world, please do get in touch and let us know where you're listening from. But I don't speak any other languages, so um, don't expect that every week. I got German covered, though. I got German covered. 
if any of the Deutsches call in, we'll be good. <laughs> there you go. You've got German covered off. Yeah. Yes, it's great. So yeah, it gives us impetus to keep going as well, having folks get in touch, which is great. But um, we are now up to, can you believe we're 13 episodes into the season? We're into the home straight. This is like the back third. No, I can't. And, and you know, of course, kind of sad that uh, that we're going to have a, a hiatus soon um, with the show. It's always hard waiting and waiting because, you know, there's always a cliffhanger, right? Yeah. Um, and so what's the cliffhanger going to be? And then we have to wait three, usually three months for it. But I'm excited that now on the hiatus, you and I will go back to season one, episode one, and and start recording that. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. And um, we can do other fun bits and pieces in between as well. I mean, you and I had an idea for um, a whole episode dedicated to storylines that the writers just sort of forgot to finish and, and dumped out. And um, yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll have other sort of fun bits and pieces to cover. But for now, shall we go into 6.13, it's all going to break. Let's do it. Excellent. So this one was an episode. Last week, dodgy ground. This week was an episode, right? Did you enjoy it more than last week? I did, but it made my anxiety level like... <laughs> like usually I watch Station 19 to relax and forget the world, but I, I literally had anxiety when the episode was over. Um, how about you? Um, similarly, the way it ended, <laughs> which we will get to, that was cruel. What are they doing to us? And yeah, we have to talk about that because you know how I feel about that. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, we got to talk about it. It needs to be Thursday already because um, it did not do much for, for my anxiety. Last week, we had a first time director. This week, we did have a first time writer. And apparently that was his first hour of TV, full stop. It wasn't just his first episode of Station 19. So Benjamin Hayes, who wrote this episode, in my opinion, my humble opinion, hit this one out of the park. He did. For his very first writing, he did great. And um, he should feel really good about himself. He did. He did. Because he, if his goal was to make Station 19 fandom go crazy, then he, <laughs> he definitely did his job. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, we had David Greenspan directing this one. He's been an editor, obviously, on the show since day one. And I think this, I think this was his fourth episode that he directed. So we, we were in good hands with David Greenspan. Yeah. Um, there was still very little Jack dialogue. Did you notice? I did. Yes. Do you have Do you have his dialogue? Uh, are you going to perform it again? <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to perform it this week. Oh darn! But no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to um, be Gray Damon's uh, standing this week, unfortunately. All right. But, All right. But he did get to rescue somebody this week. But I mean, should we be concerned about Gray Damon that two weeks in a row he's been given basically no lines? I know he literally stood there with that rope around him, like waiting to pull the guy up. <laughs> just like just stood there. That, that was in the script. That's probably all it said. Just stand there and hold the rope. Yeah. One of the reasons that I'm not going to do his dialogue is I think a lot of it was ad-libbed. It was a lot of, whoa, sir, calm down and yeah. stuff at the scene. Um, <laughs> but there wasn't a great deal more than that for Grey Damon to do it again this week. Yeah. But, you know, apart from that, pretty good episode, I think. So, I mean, the main thrust of it, I guess, was Theo's first day as as captain so yes he started out the day as i do with a run <laughs> however i don't run after my missus down the street and then barge her out of the way <laughs> um that was you know i caught that within what five seconds of the show starting it was very reminiscent of how they met right running through the park together exactly with the competitive it, yeah. was, it was kind of cute and competitive when they first started their sort of courtship if you like and it was lots of sort of outrunning each other wasn't it and then smiley glances through their masks because it was covid times yeah. but this time yeah. vic was trying to keep that going with her cheeky smile as she overtook him and he just literally was having absolutely none of it and sort of barged past her with a grumpy look on his face yeah that broke my heart for vic um yeah i don't know what's going on with him but she was really trying and he the look on her face, just, it broke my heart. I felt so bad for her. Yeah. And then when they get to the station, she's quite protective of him. I guess because of what she's seeing in him, that he doesn't really seem to have much of a 
sense of humor about anything at the moment and he's very difficult to get along with and the guys have all set up pranks for him because it's his first day as captain and Vic's kind of saying guys I thought we said no pranks you know let's let's not do this and but he's taking it all in good part he thinks it's hilarious takes part in the jokes and and I noticed then as well that as they all sort of go into lineup, Vic again has this look on her face of devastation and confusion. Like, well, where's this guy yeah. when when it's just us, you know? Yeah. Yep. But he gives a bit of a speech about having open communication. Bit of a joke there, Theo, with um, the way that you're being at the moment. <laughs> and says that he won't do a Beckett. He won't be hiding behind his tablet. He's got everyone bagels. I hope you remembered the cream cheese. Um, right. <laughs> and... Um, Sullivan snubs the breakfast under the guise of not being a guy that eats bagels, but Andy knows there's more to it than that. She's caught on. Um, Then Travis goes to see Theo in his office and Theo hazes Travis back. So again, he seems to be fine with everybody else. It just seems to be Vic that he's got a problem with. And he says that he's going to get it right this time. And Travis tells him to kick some ass for Mikey. Well, he even gives props to Vic real quick. He, He gives props to Vic. For growth, yeah. He did though, didn't he? He said, I've yeah. grown thanks to Vic and thanks to you. Yeah, so he, in in communication with others, he's respectful and kind to Vic. Just not when he's talking to her, which I found that, I found that intriguing. Um, I don't think he has a problem with Vic, though. I think he's just scapegoating her um, for whatever his problem is. That's, that's how I feel. Very odd, isn't it? That would be a good name for this episode. I hope he brought the cream cheese. I hope you brought the cream cheese. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely uh, keep that one on the boil. Yeah, for sure. But the, the call out this time is to a house that is, well, I don't know if it's if you can say it's under construction. It's more like it's under demolition. So we've got a couple of brothers who are smashing up the family home um, with a sledgehammer whilst um, listening to heavy metal music. They put through a window and uh, end up um, giving the poor lady that made the call a bit of a bleeding face she's got glass in her eye and and all sorts Theo starts panicking right away starts micromanaging everything and Vic and Jack are desperately trying to get through to these two idiots in the house when Andy notes that the foundations of the house are screwed and it's sliding then Sullivan confirms the same Maya confirms the same but Theo wants to double check because micromanaging and panicking and uh, Sullivan uh, rightly points out that that would actually be a quadruple check at this point. Theo orders Vic and Jack to evacuate, but they can't because um, heavy metal Tweedledum and Tweedledum are too busy screaming at each other. And Theo's not really helping the situation by being constantly on the radio. Eventually, the, the house sort of tries to eat one of the brothers because it's on the verge of collapse. And Theo's still running around like a headless chicken, won't accept any help from the team. And Sullivan has to get quite sort of rough with him and say, look, we're all experienced. We all know what we're doing. You're going to have to let us take control of this a little bit. Then um, the three ex-captains, I thought, had an interesting exchange. When Theo finally said, oh, yeah, go on, then you can go and shore up the basement. There was Maya, wasn't there? And Andy and Sullivan, who've all been in his position... And um, Andy sort of defends Theo a little bit when Sullivan says Theo's wasted a lot of time. Andy's the one that defends him and says, oh, we've all been there. But there was a, a very sort of knowing look, I thought, between Sullivan and Maya that said that perhaps they thought that Andy was giving him a little bit too much credit. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and there, there were some exchanges with Andy and Sullivan that I picked up on too, where I think Andy's starting to realise why Sullivan didn't get the position yes for sure yeah we've then got sort of a dramatic rescue with Vic on the end of a guide rope as you say Jack on the other end not saying too much (laughs) they get the brothers out and then again there's a a look between Vic and Theo that's just cold yeah which is not great and um on the way back Theo is very introspective and uh, Andy sort of drags it out of him that he said his only thought at the beginning of the day was to not be like Beckett but that he's overdone it and again Andy very kindly compassionately says look you made the right call in the end and let's call today a win and then Vic tries to have a little word with Andy doesn't she in the beanery about Theo and Andy said look he got through it and uh, Vic says well I'm not through it and with that She's summoned to the captain's office um, where Theo promptly starts yelling at her, saying that comms need to be open. 
And again, you know, he hasn't communicated with her for weeks, but whatever guy. But what I really liked was how she spoke up and said, well, hold on, you weren't an open book and you weren't being communicative when you didn't tell the chief that what you and I did was a joint effort with getting the arson investigation reopened. So I was, I was glad that she didn't sit on that, although I thought she was actually being quite generous calling it a joint effort because it was all Vic, really, wasn't it? Yeah, she was being very generous, but I'm glad that she at least spoke up where she was at, And I, but I don't like the way that Theo handled it at all. No, and then he was very dismissive of her, yeah. and he got his tablet out and started playing with his tablet, yep. you know, which was a throwback to the lineup saying, oh, I won't be hiding behind my tablet. Mm-hmm. Well, at work, maybe not, but at home, very much so. And then he cruelly said, you're not my therapist, and then called her Hughes. Yeah, kind of just dismissed her, like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Yep. And then, as you pointed out, Andy then goes and has a little word with Sullivan and, and asks him outright why Ross didn't make him the captain. So Andy for sure knows something is up. I, I was kind of surprised when she told him that Ross asked her that she didn't say, and I told her to give it to you. I was kind of surprised she didn't follow up with that, like like lead into that a little bit. Because um, that's yeah. that's really why she's wondering he didn't get it, because she's, she flat out told Ross to give it to him. Yes, yeah. yeah. There was a lot that was... I thought this was actually really well done. The directing was really good, I thought, of the of the whole rescue and of Theo's mentality throughout. I thought it was really well done. But it's the second week in a row that the victims have just been idiots. <laughs> like stupid, yeah. reckless, yeah. really far-fetched sort of caricatures of human beings. Last week we had the idiot down the cave and this week we've got these two just screaming at each other and smashing up a house yeah and it it sort of takes me out of it a little bit because you sort of want people to react the way that you would expect people to react if firefighters come in and tell you that you're in imminent danger and to leave please (laughs) or is that just me (laughs) no i i think that's what you want from people but that's not what not what you get I'm all for it being exciting. Like when the lady with the Bible sort of, you know, she ran back in to get her Bible. Was it dumb? Yeah. But was it kind of believable? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go in for a book, although I have got a signed copy of Broken Horses by Brandy Carlisle, which is basically a Bible. So I might go back in for that. (laughs) But at, at least she kind of reacted appropriately in that she was scared. And once she had the bible she was trying to find a way out whereas these guys are just completely ignoring Vic and Jack and are smashing crap up so I don't know it just takes me out of it a little bit so I hope the caliber of victims improves (laughs) the storylines of the victims get a little bit better yeah Yeah. I don't mind the silly call outs like with the duck and the football player the other week that was supposed to be silly you know, it was supposed to lead to a little bit of slapstick comedy and Eli getting hit in the face and all the stuff. But when it comes to the serious rescues, I would like the people being rescued to be serious. Okay. That was maybe the only thing that irked me about the episode, really, was that. But the main thing that I got from it, really, was that the only person that Theo's taking his problems out on is Vic. Everyone else is fine. He's laughing, joking with the team. Yeah. But he, for some reason, is just being really cruel to Vic. I agree. I mean, do you have any thoughts on why why you think that might be? Because I can't figure it out for the life of me, really. I I think that, you know, sometimes when people are hurting, even though it has nothing to do with their loved ones, they're the ones that they hurt because they feel safe with them. And so I think he's using her as his scapegoat because he feels like she'll stay with him. You know what I mean? Like she... He can hurt her and she won't leave yeah. where other people he might hurt and that might yeah. compromise the relationship. So I think it's a lot deeper than Vic, but unfortunately he's just chosen her to be the person that has to be on the end of whatever's going on. Yeah. Which is not on really. Not to get not deep about it, but. And he's clearly not ready for this, is he? Like no. he's not mentally ready. He's still carrying the trauma from the loss of Michael yeah. and the, the guilt associated with that, I think. But other than that, there wasn't anything new there, except maybe that look that was exchanged between Myra and Sullivan when Andy stood up for Theo. Do we think maybe that could be the beginning of a truce between them? Because things have been frosty as get out since she um, 
trying to blackmail him and Ross at the end of the last season. So, yeah, I, I think he has, I think he's slowly, I think there's been a couple looks like that um, that we've seen. And so yeah. maybe he's slowly starting to rebuild respect for her, um, yeah. which would be nice because, I mean, it's been long enough, right? Yeah. And maybe if that is the case, maybe that will help her out with the situation she finds herself in at the end of the episode when we get there. Yeah, maybe. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about, about Theo? No, I think we pretty much hit it, hit, hit, hit it on the head. I mean, you know, he needs to leave Vic alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he needs to leave Vic alone and someone else needs to be running the show, basically. For not, sure, not for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, block two, I've got down as being Karina, Ben, their wives, and the clinic. <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. Cause... It was a fun little interlude, wasn't it? So It was. I thought I'd missed something initially. So when it opened up with Karina and Maya sharing a bed, I was like, um, <laughs> what have I missed? Because it seems to come out yeah. of nowhere, didn't yeah. it? But, I mean, you could have parked a bus in the gap in between them. And Maya was still in her uniform. Karina was awake watching Maya sleep and then sort of hurriedly got out of bed. And then the next time we see them, Maya is hurriedly making the bed um, whilst Karina's on the phone. And did you hear Karina called Bailey Miranda for the first time ever? I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But it just struck me as funny because we were joking about that the other week and then... Now that they've been in like a, a life or death situation together, they're on first name terms suddenly. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> whatever what gets talk. you there, whatever gets you there. Also, Maya making the yeah. bed. I mean, that's a hotel, Maya. I'm fairly confident that someone's going to do that for you and it's built into the price of the room. But if you want to fluff the pillows, crack on. But they, they have a, a sweet exchange um, where Karina thanks Maya for staying with her and says it was good to feel safe with her. So that kind of allowed me to know where we were in the timeline, which is always hokey, isn't it, on Station 19? So this must have been like in the immediate aftermath of the situation at Grace Lone, mustn't it? Because yeah. obviously Karina was feeling a bit shaky after what happened. So so she was feeling safe with Maya, um, but she tells Maya that they shouldn't read too much into it. And the way Maya says, yeah, no, of course, yeah, no, 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 of course, of course. Um, <laughs> Uh, tells us that she 100% read more into it and she's absolutely gutted, bless her, and asked Karina if they should do it again because, you know, it, it was good. And Karina says that they should talk later because Karina's got stuff to do because she was on the phone to Miranda pre-going over to Miranda's house. And when she arrives, Miranda's having a bit of a domestic with Ben because he's bought Miranda mace uh, to try and keep herself safe. And Karina and Miranda had a funny little exchange. You loved that little exchange, didn't you? When um, I, I did, yeah. When Karina comes in and Miranda's like, you got the stuff. <laughs> She's like, you got the stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. It was very good. And then um, Ben wants to know what they're up to because uh, they look like they're going to go and get themselves into trouble. Miranda won't tell him, neither will Karina. And uh, her, her expression when, when Ben's like, you're going to tell me what's going on. Just the way she's just like in her face absolutely yeah. not and then hightails it out of the door but Miranda says they're gonna go and start trouble not get into trouble and uh, they end up going to a crisis pregnancy center Ben follows them there because he's a wise man who knows his wife and uh, starts arguing with them immediately which garners a little bit too much attention and then as cover Karina says that Ben is her husband and that he is always nag, nag, nag. <laughs> the whole thing, the premise of it, the three of them together, it was just perfection. And like Ben is the straight man to their two wacky comedic foils was so funny to me. I just thought it was all really, really well done, that whole thing. So uh, now he's called Ben DeLuca. Yep. And he's now let in on their plan, which is to get the medical, well, it's not a medical facility, is it? To get the fake medical facility to give them medical advice so they can get fined $1,000. And then that will be the first step in getting them shut down yep. because they're posing as Miranda's clinic, but well, they're not actually a crisis pregnancy center at all helping pregnant women. They're a foil uh, to try and pressurize pregnant women into keeping uh, babies that they 
cannot, for one reason or another, carry to term and take care of. So Nancy comes out, who's one of these clinic workers, calls Karina and Ben DeLuca, plus their friend, <laughs> Bailey, uh, into a treatment room, except it's not a treatment room, it's a coercion room, yeah. and uh, say they need to confirm Karina's pregnant so they can discuss her options. And Karina says, I don't need options, I just need an abortion. And it all gets very um, uncomfortable yes. with this woman calling her mommy and calling Ben daddy. And it turns out that the stuff is pregnant lady urine that, yeah. that uh, Miranda has managed to procure from Sheila and radiology. But yeah, it's, it's all, I mean, I know that you guys are going through some stuff since the reversal of Roe v. Wade over here, yeah. um, uh, over there, yeah. rather over here, everything's fine and dandy. Uh, no one's going to press you to keep any pregnancy you don't want. Yeah, it's a hot, a hot topic over here for sure. And the lengths that these groups will go to, it just it's just absolutely shocking. And I, I follow US politics a little bit, so I knew of these crisis pregnancy centres. Rachel Maddow's covered them before, and I'm a bit of a disciple of Rachel Maddow's, so I so I knew a little bit about this stuff. But to to kind of see it in action, even though it's just a dramatisation of it, was quite upsetting, really. And then what also was upsetting was seeing. Karina look at that positive pregnancy test and how sad she was and when she said you know this is the first positive pregnancy test that I've seen and it's it's fake it's not even real so that was that was really um upsetting but this fake doctor is obviously very well versed in what she does and despite their best efforts Ben Miranda and Karina can't get her to dispense any medical advice and um, there's just lots of emotional manipulation. And she brings in the little flip chart of cartoon vegetables and stuff with faces to try and sort of say, you know, this is the size your baby is now. And then has a, a little sort of pop, uh, like a little sideways pop at Karina saying, oh, aren't you technical? when she says, well, I don't want to carry the yeah. embryo to the term. Yeah. And eventually Miranda breaks cover when this woman starts talking about a co- the correlation between abortion and female cancers. And says, well, I'm a doctor and that's really not the case. Um, And she's going to throw them out, but then instead shows them a cupboard full of baby supplies and says, you know, we'll continue to help you through the first year of um, through the first year of birth. And then Karina says, well, you know, not everyone wants children. And then Nancy says, oh, well, an adoption, which causes Ben to break (laughs) Um, because obviously Ben's very well aware of the overburdened foster care system. They've got Joey who was um, in the foster care system. And obviously they know what Jack went through in the foster care system. So that kind of triggered Ben to blow his stack. And then Karina, I didn't think it would be this way around, (laughs) but Karina's the last one to break. And she manages to hold on for a while, um, but then says, well, you know what? I'm an OB and I've seen women bleed out. You didn't ask me about any complications, any previous pregnancies. And that's because you're playing doctor. So, um, Security come, promptly throw them all out into the loving arms of Peggy and Dana, <laughs> yeah. who have organised a protest outside the clinic. And uh, yeah, I think that's the first time Ben's actually ever been pleased to see Peggy and Dana. Yeah, <laughs> but the weed moms. And then um, Karina stops um, at Ben and Miranda's for a dinner, and um, Ben and Miranda sort of affectionately having a, a bit of an argument about Miranda's safety, and they have a little bit of a smooch. Karina sort of watches them with a smile and then says that she has to go and tell Maya something. We then see her tip up at 19 and Maya says that it saved her a call because she was going to ring Karina because she now understands the situation. She now gets it that she was trying to build something substantial on a foundation that couldn't support it, but that she wants to fix it. And we finally get the confirmation that we were waiting for that Karina wants to fix it too. Yes but she wants Maya to win her back slowly. And so Maya then asks her out on a date. First of all, the actress who played Nancy did a great job making you not like her. Yes. Um, So props to her. Um, But no, I loved, I loved the the dynamic that we got between Ben, Karina and Miranda. I think they, Miranda's just, I love when they bring her on station 19. I love her character. I think she's funny and witty and smart. Um, and I always like seeing how Ben and her interact with each other. Cause you know, I'm not a Grace fan, so I didn't 
I don't see them a yes, lot. Yeah. Um, but love the the dynamic. I loved how much Karina we got in this episode. That we got a lot yeah. of, of her of scenes with Stefania in them. Um, and you know, I'm I'm glad that they showcased it because, like, like as you said, Roe v. Wade. Since it's been overturned, it's been it's been very stressful on a lot of women that that right has been taken away in a lot of states. And um, so I'm glad that they kind of showed it. And on healthcare professionals too. Yeah, yeah, they're like so many doctors like not being able to like being scared to give care. Yeah, and and yeah. not just abortion care, yeah. like women that have miscarriages, you know, because they're not sure how much help they can give them it's just it's just such a, a terrible situation yeah yeah it is and so i'm glad that they, that they highlighted it to hopefully maybe reach people that wouldn't otherwise look at that side um to to kind of plant maybe plant a seed to get them to think about it more so i i think you know props to them for doing that um yeah and uh just loved the whole scene. I'm shocked that Karina was the last to break uh, because <laughs> you would just expect her to have, you know, but she was very mission minded, right? Like this is the mission. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah, loved when they went outside. I loved Miranda's reaction to the, the protesters, you know, like encouraging them. To, up, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Loved that. Loved that it was the weed moms because they would totally be acceptable or accountable or ready to do that, that, um, that position but yeah no, I just loved it I think it it was something that we kind of needed the lightheartedness um yeah especially with such a difficult topic I think they they handled it very well and, uh, it was a stressful scene because the constant bickering was stressful to me but they they made the lightheartedness kind of balance it out so that's uh, yeah it was overall a good scene that's exactly what I've got in my notes, actually, that I think that for the seriousness of the situation, they needed something a little bit light. And so I think those three yeah. were, were actually the perfect combination for that, because they all sort of temper yes. each other in a, in a way. Because Chandra Wilson is like like a comedic genius. She's so funny and like understated in their comedy. And we all know what Stefania can do. And she tends to be a bit more physical in her comedy, I think. And so yeah. then to have like Ben as the straight man and to be getting it from both sides from these women, just the poor guy, like getting it from both angles was just like, it was just hilarious to me that Karina kept having to like intervene in their domestics, you know, just focus and, you know, and it was, it was yeah. really great. But poor Ben, if I was Ben, every time I saw Karina DeLuca coming anywhere near me, I would run like the wind because that girl <laughs> gets him into so many sticky situations. I know that you don't watch Grace, but have you ever seen the first scene that Ben and Karina were ever in together, which was on Grace? No. I'm going to send you a link. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to send you a link because you need to watch this. It's absolutely hilarious. I think it was season 14 episode three of Grey's I want to say and I won't spoil okay. it for you but basically Ben was doing an OB rotation and Karina was conducting a study between basically like sexual pleasure and pain management in women so if you can imagine the exchange that took place there were and there were a lot of hand gestures going on that made Ben okay. particularly uncomfortable. Um, but it's okay. like that kind of set the scene for their relationship because it made me think about all the times that Ben and Karina have been together. So that was like the first one and it didn't end well for him. And then there was that time on Station 19 where I think she would, she'd gone to speak to Ben to say that she just handed a notice in to Bailey um, when she thought she had to go back to Italy and oh yeah the pregnant woman came in with her husband the baby was born breech yep. and then the husband had a heart attack so yep. they were in a medically sticky situation her and Ben and then the first episode of season six poor Ben walked in on her in the shower yep yep then she tried to do surgery in the barn so that was like a double sticky situation. And then the whole Peggy and Dana thing where they came in after they'd had that fall and technically that Ben made that a sticky situation, but still in all for that, Karina was involved there. So poor Ben, if I saw Karina coming and I was Ben, I would just leg it because <laughs> nothing good can ever come from it. That's so funny. <laughs> that was like a really fun little interlude, I thought. And then Karina and Maya, what were your thoughts about their situation so they start the day pretty well waking up next to each other 
and then end the day pretty well saying that they're going to go out on a date. Well, well, I'm going to assume that Karina accepted the date. I would have accepted the date. Um, no, I agree. I, I loved the scene we got in the bar because the scene that, that opened up with them in the bed was very discouraging to me. The way that, uh, you know, Karina spoke to Maya and just her, her whole demeanor towards Maya was, was kind of cold. And so to me, I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well. And so I was happy with the scene in the barn. And uh, I like that, like you said, we finally heard confirmation that she does want to continue. And I love that Maya kind of asked for more information, but then was like, you know what? Let's just go on a date. Yes. And that she picked up on that. And so I I loved that we got that scene with them. Yeah. For sure. I think even though that you could have parked a double-decker bus in the gap between them in that bed... The fact that Karina was watching her sleep, I, I found um, really sweet and kind of comforting, though. Yeah. Um, and she had quite a soft expression at first, and it wasn't until she sort of got up that her expression changed, and it seemed like she was kind of almost angry at herself for softening. But also, she did have yeah. plans. She didn't just get up yes. because she didn't want to be next to Maya anymore. She did have places to go, people to see, Nancy's to wind up. And I did think that she had quite a soft expression. And I love that she said that she felt safe with her. It was good to feel safe with you. And I wondered if there was a little bit of a double meaning to that as well, because obviously, I guess she felt physically safer having Maya there with her. But I wonder if she is feeling a little bit more emotionally safe with Maya at that point. Because, you know, when you're with somebody that's volatile and you're worried about being hurt all the time if they're going to say something cruel and you don't feel safe so I wonder if she feels emotionally that much safer with Maya now and if that was part of it too when she said it was good to feel safe with you yeah no I agree because I think in order to feel safe physically there has to be some feeling of safeness emotionally and so I do think there was a double a double hit with with those words for sure yeah and I like that she said can we talk later? Because to me, that means she's already kind of formulated, yeah, we do need to have a conversation. I just can't do it right now because I have to go. So it did feel a little bit like a gut. I felt a little bit like my, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, let's let's talk later. Yeah. Like there was a little (laughs) bit of that about it, but it was good that she didn't commit and say, you know, we'll definitely do this again, because then I think she would have been giving Maya a little bit too much. And I think she does need to make Maya work for it a little bit. But the fact that she said, can we talk later? For me, she'd already kind of sorted out in her head. Okay, I know where I want to go with this, but I just don't have time to discuss it with her right now. So I'm going to gel and we'll pick it up. So I can see why Maya felt a little bit deflated because we kind of all felt that deflation as well. But I do think it was really good that she already knew that she wanted to talk things through with her. Yeah. So like that was positive for me. But yeah, no, it showed a positive mindset. Yeah, that because it would have been easy with how much was on her mind to brush her off. But she made sure that she wanted to let her know she didn't want to talk. She just couldn't right now. Yeah. And I really liked as well when they did have their talk that she recognized that Maya has been trying and took some of the blame herself and said, as much as you're going to keep trying, you can't read my mind. So I need to now be clear with you. And so she realized that she owned her own stuff where that's concerned that she has been the holdout and Maya has been putting all the effort in you know Maya's just been sort of feeling around in the dark kind of thing and oh her actual words I want to be with you a lot a lot a lot yeah how yeah that was sweet so cute and that she wants to let gravity pull her in every time she's near her yeah Yeah, it was really sweet and it was the first non-pukey smile that we've had yeah yeah a genuine smile yeah We've seen Karina get gooey-eyed about Maya to Vic when she said, you know, I've got a crush on her and, you know, she was all kind of gooey-eyed and and smiley. But we haven't seen her actually get soft and gooey with Maya. So that was was super nice. I loved that. And the sort of softness between them. It was a gorgeous scene. Yeah, I loved it. It was, it was, it was nice. And it'll be great to actually see them. I hope we get to see them actually dating because... yeah. I want to see the date for sure. Yeah. And it occurred to me afterwards, you know, that I I jumped in at like 3.05. Yeah. And then when I got further through and I got into like, I think it was maybe mid or towards the end of season four. And that's when I said to Julia, do you want to watch the show with me? And she was like, no. And I was like, 
but there's a cute same-sex couple on it. And she was like, no. And I, I said, but one of them's a firefighter. Like, She's in a uniform. And she was like, no. And then I said, well, one of them's Italian. She was like, great, let's watch. <laughs> and so, but when we started watching it together, Julia pointed out, however many episodes in, do they ever actually do anything except have sex? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, every single scene is them in bed. They're only ever in bed. We only ever see them in bed. Yeah. And I was like, actually, you raise a good point. And when you think about it, series three, apart from the time that she's uh, on the FaceTime call during the blizzard, yeah. every time we see Ryan and Karina together, they're in bed. Yeah. So it would actually be really nice to see them interact somewhere other than the bedroom and to actually see that date because it kind of put Julia off. She was like, is this actually a relationship or are they just literally just two people having sex? And uh, because I'd seen it, you know, up to... Yeah. I don't know, they weren't married yet. It wasn't the very end of season four, but I said, no, 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 like they're, they're a proper cohabiting couple. But it did put Julia off that they just seemed to be, it just seemed to be about sex. So it, it would be really nice if we're going to get a fresh start for Karina and Maya, it would be nice for us to see them actually date and have like a relationship outside of, of their bedroom. So I'm excited for that. All right, so Eli... And Travis. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, Travis is on desk duty, and uh, Eli uh, has come to help out and go over their notes for the town hall that's happening later that day. Um, Travis is hilarious as usual, uh, saying he's thinking of ways to get a Canadian passport. <laughs> and... Uh, He's reading off cue cards and, I mean, generally just doing a horrible job. When we see that Dixon has released a negative video with uh, images taken from Emmett's birthday party and stuff and yep. just showing Travis in not the best of lights, but Eli thinks this is positive because it means that they're scared of Travis. And uh, Travis sort of launches into a bit of a tirade, which then makes uh, Eli set fire to the cue cards because he says, you know what, you're really good when you're on the fly and you're angry. So let's just yeah. get you on the fly and angry at the town hall. And um, things start off quite well in that vein because Dixon corners him backstage and threatens to dig up dirt on his dad and his mom. And so just showing his true colours as if we didn't already know what they were. And then on stage during the town hall, Travis is very nervous and he's fixated on an exposed wire on the floor. And um, he asks for a bit of electrical tape and fixes the wire and then uses that to sort of segue into his spiel, which we don't get to hear, but we assume that, that he does quite well with it. Um, 19 are there cheering him on. And when he gets home, he's really pumped and says that maybe he should give the people what they want yeah. if they want him, you know, because he's, he's on a high. It must have gone really well. It's a shame we didn't get to see that, actually, because it sounds like it went super well for him. The debate, yeah. But they, they, yeah. they kept it very small, yeah. Yeah, like literally we just saw him fixing the wire and then saying, right, I couldn't get through that without making sure that we were all safe. Yeah. You know, it took 90 seconds and now I can carry on, you know, now that I know that we're all safe. Which I thought that actually the applause that he got was disproportionate to putting a bit of electrical tape over a wire. Yeah. But yeah, so Eli has accompanied him back to the house. And when he says, maybe I should give the people what they want and it's good to be wanted. Eli uh, says that he is wanted. Yeah. And then jumped the guy. <laughs> I know, which was like, oh my God. So it closes out with Eli and Travis on the sofa, tearing each other's clothes off as Andy finally gets back to Eli, accepting a date. So you want to, <laughs> you want to crack on with this one? You want to see us off? So you know how I have felt about Eli. Um, I've been very on the fence about him, especially when it comes to Andy, because, you know, I'm very protective of Andy. Um, yep. And I was just starting to give him a little bit of space to say, okay, he might be good for Andy, and then boom. Um, so I'm back on my I do not like Eli bandwagon. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, Eli, what are you doing to me? I feel like I've been Eli's campaign manager here. Yeah, you have. Because I feel like I'm the only person in the world that had time for Eli. And I was saying, look, he's putting in the graft with Andy. I think he's a good guy. 
Um, you know, he wrote her a limerick for goodness sake. He did. And then he goes and does this. Yep. Now, the only thing that I can say to defend Eli, and I'm, and I'm not defending Eli, let's just, I'm not defending him, but all I will say is he's been putting in a lot of graft with Andy and getting very little return out of it. She is making him try extra, extra hard. And he sent her that text message in the morning saying, can I have a second day? And he's gone the whole day with no response from her. And obviously the adrenaline was running high. He and Travis were coming off the back of something pretty incredible. And I can see how and why they would get caught up in the moment. And he doesn't actually owe Andy anything technically. They're not dating. They're definitely not a couple. And she's been playing very, very hard to get. However, things get very sticky when you start dating people who are in the same circle. So I think he's going to get himself into a world of trouble. Are we going to use, shall we use Maya parlance? Double dipping. I know they're not dating, but I still think it's wrong that he did that. And the only way he can redeem it is open and honest with both of them and, and decide what he wants and stick to that. Um, I think if Andy, find, if Andy finds out that he did that, I think she'd be done though. So he's probably going to somehow keep it from her, um, which will be interesting to see because he does come to the Station 19 a lot and that Andy and Travis are always together. So it'll be interesting to see what steps he takes. And in the preview, we saw, didn't we, that poor Vic is going to be burdened with this as well because Andy told her that she kissed Eli. Right. And in the preview for 14, Travis tells Vic that he slept with Eli. Yep. So poor Vic is now going to be burdened with this. Bless her heart. What? And she can't keep secrets. So. <laughs> no. So we'll see what how that does for sure. Oh, goodness me. Um, so then I think that we only have one piece of business left to deal with, which we is do. that cliffhanger at the end. Yes. So the the slithery snake himself is waiting for Maya when she pulls up, right, to the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. With an envelope in his hand. And poor Maya, you could tell she's exhausted and just wants to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the day was going so well for her. She'd woken up with her wife. She'd finished the day getting her wife to go out on a date with her. She gets home and then, boom, here comes Dixon yep. to put a kink in it and hands off this envelope of pictures of Sullivan and Ross in a compromising position and tells her that he knows she doesn't like Ross um, and who she promotes and if the union saw the pictures it would be really good for him and what's good for him is good for Maya right so I guess the and I think that you and I are on the same page with this but what's she gonna do I hope I hope she doesn't blackmail again um I hope she gives them to I hope she calls Ross and gives them to Ross is what I'm hoping for um yeah. And then letting Ross handle it. Uh, if she does anything else, then I would not blame Karina for saying that they're done. Same. Which I hope doesn't happen. I don't think, I mean, they gave us the preview, didn't they, with her on the phone. There's some mention of the union. Something I need to speak to the union about something. I want to some, bring something to the union's attention. Something like that. There's something to do with the union, yeah. isn't there? She's like, this is, this is Lieutenant Maya Bishop calling from station 19 i need to talk to the union or something like that something like that yes yeah and they've obviously done that to sort of try and get us to think that she's doing dixon's bidding right i actually think that what she might do is go to sullivan with it so i wonder if because she a few episodes ago she tried to engage him Oh, I can't even remember if that might have been the first part of the season even, but she did try to engage him in the truck. Yes. They were traveling back together. Yeah, yeah. And then in that last episode, it did seem that he maybe was thawing a little bit um, because yeah. they did exchange that look outside the, the house that was falling down. And right. so I wonder if she might take it to Sullivan and say, 
Dixon's come to me with this, I thought I'd bring it to your attention. And then yeah. if she'll sort of leave it to him to go to the chief or if Sullivan and Maya will go to the chief together. And if in fact it's the police union that she's phoning to shop Dixon. So if they're going to sort of go for a double pronged approach, if the chief's going to deal with the fire department union and if Maya then deals with Dixon through the police union, maybe the chief will self-report and get Maya to report Dixon to the police union or something like that, maybe. Yeah, that would be best, I think. But we're both in agreement that she's not going to do anything silly, that she's going to think this one through and do the right thing. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I really do. Because anything else would just be, all the work that's, that's happened would just be pointless. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think she really cares about. I don't think that's her priority anymore, because I think she's done so much work with Dr. Diane to yes. realise that life isn't about winning, and sometimes winning isn't about coming first and being the best and doing all the stuff. Winning is about being happy and satisfied inside, and winning for her is getting her marriage back, right? Not being the captain of nineteen. Right. Yep. Getting her, getting Karina back as her number one focus. So, yeah. So, if it could just be Thursday already so that we can be proved right, that would be great. <laughs> I agree that it's the longest wait ever. It's horrible. It's worse than the treadmill. We knew she was going to wake up from the treadmill, <laughs> but this is horrendous. God. It is. Oh, anyway. Um, after that stressful episode, did you see any themes that you thought that had emerged? Or like an overarching theme, maybe? Gosh, that's hard. The only thing I can think of is maybe uncertainty. Yeah. Um, you know, Theo's not certain of himself. Maya's kind of needing to be certain about what she's going to do. Um, so I would probably just say doing the right thing. Or because you could even see that in the clinic, right? Like you're not doing the right thing by people. Yeah. So cert- uncertainty or doing the right thing. Making the decision to do the right thing. Yep, I can see that. How about you? The only thing that I thought was basically what Maya said out loud, which is about foundations. It was very literal with the house, and it was almost like maybe the house had sort of become an allegory for the episode, maybe. So Ben and Miranda have got a solid foundation. So despite the fact that Miranda's in very real physical danger, um, oh, she got doxxed, by the way, at the end of Grey's. Um, episode 13 of Grey's ends with her having been doxxed so their address and telephone number is on like every car in in every car park in like you know oh okay so despite the fact that Miranda's in very real sort of physical danger and is somewhat at odds with Ben they're still fine because they've got like a solid foundation that keeps them kind of level and Theo tells Travis that he's grown thanks to Travis and Vic and Travis and Vic should be his strong foundation, right? But where he's not connected right. with Vic, he doesn't have that foundation. And so right. instead he's like spinning out. And again, the rescue isn't going well because he's not relying on 19 and their foundation that they've built up for themselves. And it's not until he allows 19 to be 19 when Sullivan says to him, we've got experience, trust us, you know who you've got. And then it's the solid foundation that 19 have built over the past, you know, six years or whatever that saves the day. And then Travis, maybe his foundation is his core values and, you know, who he is as a person. So when he's trying to rely on the cue cards, he fails horribly. But when he relies on his foundation, which is, you know, his his values and his uh, morals and, and all that stuff and speaks from the heart, that's when he succeeds. Oh, well, I mean, even yeah. the fighting brothers. So doesn't someone say to them, oh, I think Jack might have said to them, actually, was there a time that you didn't want to kill each <laughs> other? And they said, yeah, when mum was alive. So yeah. the foundation that their family was built on is now gone because their mum's dead and then they fall apart. You know, their relationship falls apart. So so maybe foundations, you know, and so Maya in that case said the quiet part out loud. You know, we didn't have a foundation and so stuff fell apart, but let's build a foundation. So that was the right. only theme that I maybe saw that followed through everything but definitely uncertainty in doing the right thing you're absolutely bang on with that I can see yours too though um who do you think had the most growth in this episode probably Travis I think Travis yeah I think he 
is starting to get comfortable with himself um, and just realizing that if he's six to what he knows, he can be confident in himself. So I think Travis. How about you? Um, I thought either Maya or Marina as a couple, maybe, because um, they both had aha moments separately because Karina had her aha moment. If I want to fix this, I'm going to have to bend a little bit. And so she went and said, I need to be clearer with you and I do want to fix it and all the stuff. And then Maya had an aha moment in that she realized what had gone wrong and how she needs to fix it. So maybe Maya, in as much as she actually figured out what she's got to do, which is not just to bring a poisoned lasagna and hope for the best, you know, that she's got to keep taking these steps. But them as a couple, because they actually had effective communication for the first time. So, so I put Maya slash Marina. Yeah, I could see Marina having growth too, for sure. Yeah. And then what was your favorite scene? Prob- oh, that's hard. Because probably, pr- probably be Maya and Karina's conversation in the barn if I had to pick number one, but I really yeah. enjoyed some of the little, little snippets from the clinic. So yeah. did you have a favorite scene? Uh, I did. I had, I had a few. So well, Travis and Eli, that was very steamy. It took me quite unawares, but I, I've said same as you with the Marina scene at the end, Myron and Karina at the end. And the, just the softness of that scene. I yeah, thought was lovely. It was, um, but also everything at the clinic. I thought it was funny. Yeah, everything at the clinic was good. Yeah, just the whole clinic together. So Yeah. Yeah. And did you have a favorite line or a favorite piece of dialogue in this one? Um, I think I liked, I know it's not significant, but I liked the way that Jane Ellie Ortiz delivered the line when she says to Sullivan, new captain, new math. <laughs> um, I thought that was really funny. I chuckled. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Do you have a favorite line? I couldn't narrow anything down from the clinic, really, but all of that was funny. I liked, and it's not even, oh, it's not, I don't think it even counts as a line. I don't even know if it was scripted, but twice, Karina goes, oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And just like her reaction, like when Ben calls himself Ben DeLuca, and she's like, oh. Yeah, those are cute. Um, But all of that was funny. Yeah. And when Ben calls her darling, darling, and then says to Miranda, friend and she's like we won't be friends for long and just yeah that was funny too yeah all of it all of it was funny and did you have a most yeah. gifable moment um gosh that's tough probably Maya's eye roll when she's standing outside her apartment and Dixon is handing her the um, envelope and she kind of rolls her eyes probably that I could see that eye roll being used a lot on Twitter she does do a good yeah. eye roll does our Danielle she has an, an impressive eye roll. Um, I think that you could take any single one of Karina and or Bailey's facial expressions from the clinic and just go hog wild. I think they were just yeah, all brilliant. Yeah, you could, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what are you excited to see next week? I want, I, for me, the number one thing is seeing what Maya does with the, the envelope. And how it affects Ross and Sullivan. Because I love Ross and Sullivan together. And I can't see a positive outcome with it now. And I really want to see what she does. Yeah. For sure. I've written down, only thing really concerned about is Maya. Yep. <laughs> so that's that was me as well. That's my note on that yep. verbatim. Although, will Jack get any dialogue next week? That's another Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll make more lines from Jack. Probably not. Oh, didn't he collapse in the preview? Jack. Oh yeah, yep. So he might not speak. <laughs> so he might not be any dialogue. No, it'll just be him collapsing. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. So next week's episode, or this week's now, it's Monday. Yeah, it is. It feels like a weekend because it's Bank Holiday yeah, Monday here. It does. Oh, that's good. So we're actually closer than it feels with it being a Monday. So that's good. That's true. We've got episode fourteen, "Get It All Out," which is written by the incomparable Peter Page think this is the first episode that he's written for Station 19. Obviously, we know he's directed and yeah. exec producers. But I'm excited, and in Peter we trust. So yes. I'm hoping for good things. It says, emotions boil over at the station as the team chafes against Theo's leadership style. Can't think why. Karina enlists Ben and Maya to help her with a patient in an uncomfortable position and Natasha and Sullivan's relationship hits a roadblock. Okay. 
Oh, just one thing I wanted to tap you up on. I know normally this is the point at which we say our farewells, but people that seem to be obsessing on Twitter, I haven't been going on Twitter a lot because quite honestly, it gives me anxiety. Yeah, it does. People have got all these theories and then it turns into a big kind of like Michigas and it's a whole big thing. And people seem to be completely obsessing that the patient referenced in this and Karina enlists Ben and Maya to help her with a patient in an uncomfortable position. They're convinced that it's Pam, like yeah. nobody can convince them otherwise that it's home wrecking Pam. Yeah. What do you think? Well, if it is, that'll make for a funny good scene for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't have any thoughts about who it is. Um, me neither, really. But I didn't jump straight to Pam. Immediately, they were like, well, that's Pam. Right. No, I didn't jump. I didn't jump there either. My mind did not go there. I just thought it was just going to be another nice way for Maya and Karina to reconnect a little bit. Yeah, I agree. But if there's one thing for sure, it's not going to end well for Ben because Karina's involved. But... <laughs> and then I guess Natasha and Sullivan's relationship roadblock. Are we assuming then that this is the photographs? Yes, I, I, it has to be. I wouldn't see what else it was. All right. Well, all will be clear in four days' time. It will. And as you know, I'll send you a thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I wake up and reach for my phone. To see what I had to say. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. So I know how, how to feel for the next 48 hours, because as you know, I likely will not get to see this episode until Saturday. Right. So it'll be like two extra days of panic for me. <laughs> Well, I'll let, you, I'll let you know. I'll send you tidbits on what it is. Excellent. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. All right. Well. Well, until next week then, my friend. Yep, until next time. All right then. Bye. Bye.